Before we get into today's episode, we want you to know, 30 for 30 podcast and the undefeated present the King of Crenshaw. This four-part series examines how Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy impacted the sports world, particularly the NBA. Here, DeMar DeRozan, Isaiah Thomas, and DeMarcus Cousins, among others, explore the realities of life as a black man in America. Nipsey's dedication to South LA and his community and how Nipsey inspired millions. The marathon continues. The King of Crenshaw, listen now on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, speaking of fantasy football, for ESPN Plus subscribers, join an ESPN Plus Fantasy Football League now for a chance to win $250,000. Sweepstakes is U.S. only, 18 or older. No purchase necessary. Visit ESPN.com slash ESPN Plus Football Rules for full details and official rules. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of DC and RC. Buckle up as DC and I go toe-to-toe drafting the most must-see fighters in UFC history. It's going to be a good one. You know, DC, I think about a lot of the things that we went through, and I think about, you know, the show getting to this point. And when we were preparing... We were talking a little bit about my notes, right? Because I have notes and I write things down and you were like, hey, you're all professional and this and that. And so we're going to get an opportunity, I think, to pick our top five must-see UFC fighters of all time. And Mm -hmm. I still Mm -hmm. have mine written down. You don't have yours written down. So I guess you can go first because I will acquiesce to you. That's the problem, though. That's the problem. You, you, you're watching all kinds of film. You're writing down your notes. Yeah, I, mean, I am. Your 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 TV yeah. you, hey, your TV you and Zoom works right away. You're too <laughs> professional. You can't come in. I mean, like I told you time and time again, my boss wears a black T-shirt, jeans, and tennis shoes to press conferences. Okay. You're too professional for this mixed martial arts game. But then when we look at the most must-see people, right? You saw the WWE's biggest star. Come back in last weekend, Brock Lesnar, yep. with the with the awful haircut, yep. <laughs> with the awful haircut. You know, got his <laughs> jeans on, goes and looks down, face down Roman Reigns. So he is must see. But when you talk about mixed martial artists, the must see guys, and you go top five. If I get the one pick, as anybody would, you got to pick Conor McGregor because if it's must watch, the person that mm-hmm. draws in the most eyeballs is the most must watch guy. The sports ever seen. McGregor has, uh, I don't know, four of the top five grossing uh, pay-per-views of all time. So if you got to take a number one pick and you're building an organization for success, got to take Conor McGregor. Yeah, listen, you know that's that that's my that's my number one too. I was hoping that you would actually take the you can't notes pick and him start though. from the bottom. You can't pick him. So you we can go. Pick him. So you we can't can go. Pick him. You can't pick him. I. So okay, wait, wait, okay, wait. So, my number one must-see, this is going to be the dude that got me into the UFC. When I was buying UFC Mm. Greatest Knockout DVDs, this was my guy. And I feel like if this guy right now is fighting in the light heavyweight division in his prime, which, which was like a long but a short prime. This is a dude we come to watch. I'm talking about the Iceman. I'm talking about the Mohawk. I'm talking about the dude that came out with the belly, the skinny legs, the long arms, face wide open, ready to go. Now, you want to talk about was heartbroken when he fought Rampage? 
heartbroken when he fought Rashard Evans? Yeah. That was me, DC. I just <laughs> couldn't live with the fact that Chuck Liddell went out like that. But the guy I would pick, since you took Conor McGregor, would be Chuck Liddell. That would be somebody who I feel like has been always been must-see when it came to the UFC. Pick and man, for what Chuck was back then, if he was in this environment mm-hmm. today, dude would be selling million pay-per-views every single time out. But another guy, for me, right, that was selling a million pay-per-views because I was on one of the cards, I'm going to take at number two, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, the guy that I just talked about in the WWE. Every time Brock Lesnar came to the UFC, he sold a ton of pay-per-views. And at UFC 200, when he made his return, he texted me. He said, Merry Christmas, DC, because he knew I would be on the fight card (laughs) and getting pay-per-view when he was going to be on the show. So I'm taking Brock Lesnar at number two. Well, so this is going to be probably off the beaten path. At number two, I'm going to take Nate Diaz. And here's why. Nate Diaz Mm. is a dude that's not fighting for belts. Nate Diaz is a dude who is not necessarily always top five, not even top five now. But every time a fighter in his weight class, a guy at 170, can't get a championship bout, who, what name do we start hearing? Nate Diaz. They're, they're tweeting at Nate Diaz. Dustin Poirier mm-hmm. is even talk about, talking about moving up to 170 to fight Nate Diaz. They created a belt for Nate Diaz. Leon Edwards had to fight Nate Diaz. And so I think when you're a guy like Nate mm-hmm. Diaz that just draws eyeballs to the screens, that makes sure people are locked in and tuned in, not even necessarily to see if you're going to win, just to get an opportunity to watch you bleed for five rounds, continue coming, continue fighting, stocked and slapping folks, turning around, taunting people. I think Nate Diaz is must-see TV, whether he's fighting in the UFC or even just talking at a press conference, even though half of the stuff he's saying, I don't even freaking understand. At number three, Team Cormier chooses what may be the greatest fighter of all time from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, George Rush St. Pierre. So at number three, I'm taking GSP, man. GSP was another guy that was constantly in the 750 pay-per-view sold range. So I'm taking George Rush St. Pierre at number three. Boy, my team started. I'm selling some pay-per-views out here. I'm selling pay-per-views out here. They say, they say I'm, I'm starting. I, I, I'm starting to think I should have went first because when, when Jake <laughs> and Elisa and Glenn were laying out the rules, like I didn't know we couldn't have the same people. I thought that that was going to be part of it, that we could have the same people. Like, can't you fight the same people, like grab the same people on the UFC game? I can't make George St. Pierre fight George St. Pierre. Like, I don't feel like these rules are fair. But at number three, I'm going to pick this guy. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know, listen, I, I, I've seen this dude in person. And I'm going to be honest, like I wasn't necessarily impressed. You know, like this is a guy that I might try at some point. But at number three, I'm going to pick a dude. He was a, a two-division champ. Uh, he, he's an Olympian. Uh, he went to Oklahoma State University. At number three, I'm going to pick Daniel Cormier. Listen, when you got a guy oh. that can move up, right, that, that can move up and down in weight divisions, that can actually win the belt, this is a guy you got to go with. By the way, I don't know if you've ever heard Daniel Cormier on TV. The dude's freaking amazing. He's not only selling fights <laughs> when he's inside the octagon throwing bows, but when he goes into the octagon afterwards, he's the dude being messy. He asking folks to call people out. I mean, he even got Brandon Marino to get the nicest call out of all time. So for me, at number three, 
whether whether outside the octagon with a microphone or inside the octagon with the gloves on, I'm picking Daniel Cormier. My brother RC, I appreciate that. And for the record, quick stat <laughs> on Daniel Cormier, I was going to pick myself. Between from 2015 to 2020, <laughs> the last part of the decade, no one main evented more pay-per-views than your boy DC for the UFC. So I was truly a work hard <laughs> horse in that regard. So let me give you my, my fourth pick. That's my guy right there. And I'm going to give you my fourth pick at number four. Okay. Team DC goes all the way to Dagestan, Mahashkala, Russia, and pick the eagle oh of Dagestan, Habib Nurmagomedov. I'm taking Habib Nurmagomedov with the fourth pick because Gosh. as they say in the business, okay. RC, he got the rub. He got the rub, right? He fought McGregor. Once he fought McGregor, he got the rub. Now he can main event and sell pay-per-views. So at number four, I'm taking my brother, the eagle of Dagestan, Habib. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it was going to be him or Islam. Like, at some point, you were going to start picking your friends. I mean, that's the that's the way you work. I'm, I'm actually not shocked about these things. It doesn't matter what we're having a converse, conversation about. Your friends somehow enter it. I can be like, hey, man, Ben Roethlisberger looked very good this weekend. Hey, did you know that Habib fought bears? Did you know that, RC? Hey, uh, come he on, fought man. bears when he was no, growing up. Like, like, that, like, that's, that's every conversation we had. Hey, RC, RC, did you know that Islam was tied to Habib when he was fighting the bears? I mean, that's like every time we do a stinking show. I can't oh. ever get through a show without no, hearing you're, about you're, your friends. You're, you're, I only talk about me. You're an Islam. Bro, you're an Islam Habib hater, dog. You are, you are Islam I'm, Habib hater. It's starting to prove his own. You're right, an so Islam hater, number, dog. I hey, see it. Clearly, clearly, when you take notes and you watch DVDs, you know more about the history of the great fighters of the UFC oh than your partner, who was actually a great part of it. At number four, I'm going to pick the spider, Anderson Silva. And this is what's going to oh. Silva. This is what's going to happen. You know, people, you know, people try to tell me, hey, RC, you're a casual. You don't know anything. But if you if you are not a casual, if you've been locked into this thing, you know what type of dude this was. You know that he would just move up to 205 to go play with people and lean on the fence and bob and weave and get out and then run backwards and knock folks out. Anderson Silva was after Chuck Liddell. He was the dude I tuned in to see every opportunity I got to see him fight because you knew it would be exciting. You knew that he would take chances and you knew that he would show the ultimate skill. You want to talk about a headliner? You want to talk about a dude who was the person that you came to watch on the card? To me, that was Anderson Silva, and that's why he's my fourth pick. That's a good pick. That's a really good pick. The spider, I, I kind of forgot about the spider a little bit. Now, here's where I Because you don't take notes, would... DC. Because you don't take notes. Yeah, you're, you're right. But, but yeah, yeah, but you know what? But then so I, I just almost, I just almost picked somebody. But then I was like, what am I doing? I literally just almost picked a guy from Albuquerque. I almost picked him as my fifth guy. But then I thought to myself, what? Because you know who I'm picking? Fighting out of Glendale, California from the Glendale <laughs> Fight Club. He is going to take Rowdy, Ronda. Ah, uh, good pick. I don't know why. That's like, a good why pick. did I take Ronda earlier? Ronda outsold my number three. My number four and number five. Rhonda may have been in her prime at her height 
Ronda may have been only second to McGregor in terms of pay-per-view sales. So what was I doing? Why did it take me so long? So I'm going to adjust now. I'm going Connor 1, Ronda 2, GSP 3. Uh, 4 is going to be... Uh, who did I pick fourth? Who did I pick uh, third before, right? Habib. Who did I pick third? You got Habib. You got Habib. I, Habib and I George St. Pierre. Yeah, I, George St. Pierre was three. They Habib slide down. Was four. Everybody slides down. Uh, guys, guys in the truck back there, update my graphic. McGregor, Rousey, then I want George St. Pierre, then I want Nurmega Medoff, and I can't even remember who my fifth person was, but I want Ronda Rousey at number two. Sorry, Ronda. I apologize. I apologize. I pick you so late. That's a good pick. My 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 notes definitely failed me there. I definitely should have went her. Yeah, they definitely failed. Good pick. Um, but at at number five, I'm going to take John Jones. And you know, when you when you think about epic matchups with Daniel Cormier, epic matchup with uh, Gustafsson, when you think about all the guys who have reached the pinnacle and the peak of having an opportunity to fight them, and other than you, their careers kind of going downhill. After that opportunity, after getting up for that fight. I mean, this is a dude from the time we saw him entering the octagon. He's been a star. He's been a winner. And he's had some out-of-fight stuff. He's had some away-from-the-octagon stuff. But when you talk about stepping in the octagon and putting on shows, number five for me is going to be John Jones. I feel like my list is better than yours because your list is kind of like my friends, (coughs) my friends, and money. You're crazy. And look at this picture. You're crazy. But look at my suit, though, DC, for all the people people who cannot see us right now. The only reason DC's picture is better than mine is because he has two championship belts. If I had my Super Bowl ring on, that would be it. <laughs> but DC, hey, I'd like to give it to listen, you. Your, listen, list, is, your wait, list is very wait, good. RC, listen. Listen, listen. McGregor, Rousey, GSP, Lesnar before Habib. That's my top five all time. But RC, let me tell you something. In that suit, it looks supremely tailored. And I got to be honest, my brother, you look like you might smell good. In this photo, you look like you might have a really expensive cologne. I did. It looked like you might have some really expensive cologne, dog. That's what I'm wearing to the next big fight night, DC. The next big fight night, I'm coming decked out, and I'm going to make sure you tell them they got to, they got to find your boy with the camera because I'm going to be ready to go. But I, I, love, I, love, I love your picks. I think your picks are excellent. And I am... Going to be honest and concede, even though you do not like Amanda Nunes, your top five oh. ended up being better than mine overall. It was it was absolutely. It was absolutely better because RC, let me tell you something, man. I'm just in this thing. Like I, you know, I it's like me, you know, walking in the training camp and just talking to everybody. They'd be like, dude, get out of here. But if Ryan Clark walks in the training camp, everybody's like, yo, RC, what's good, baby? You know, like they'll talk to you. But look, <laughs> this is why. This is why, like, I love doing the show because we could do things like the draft. A fantastic segment was fun. And also, it tests your knowledge of the biggest uh, people that have headline cards in the UFC, been mm-hmm. real pillars for mixed martial arts. But with the UFC, yeah. as we do on this show, we got to move forward. And this weekend, we get to the mm-hmm. tough finale, right? We have a fantastic yep. main event between Chikadze and Barbosa. But ultimately, it's about those young men that went through the show, the ones that lived in the house for six weeks had to fight. But when you look at those those guys, it, it, you, you go into that fight, 
and you're essentially on the bubble, right? You're number 54 Mm -hmm. on the football roster. Yeah. How does that relate? And how does that feel? Because at one point you were an undrafted free agent, right? To not know where that security is going to lie within your future. That's what these young athletes are going into this weekend. Talk about the nerves and the the uh, the yeah. uncertainty that that position can provide. You know, it's I think it's it, it's so crazy because when you enter that game, you understand what you control, but also what you don't. You know that all you can control is what happens in between the lines. You can't control the perception of it or how people see it. So that's what you truly try to focus on. Just as as these fighters will, will walk out and understand when they step into the octagon that they're playing, they're they're fighting for their careers, right? They're fighting for their livelihoods. That's the same way you feel like playing football. Training camp is basically like living in the ultimate fighter house. You know that every day you got to go out and be better than the dude next to you, better than the guy in your room. And you certain sometimes you start thinking that it's just a competition between the people you play in a different color, but it's not. It's a competition with the people on your team. It's a competition with the guys that you're close to. And entering that last game, you make every phone call you need to make. You say every prayer that you need to make because you understand how important those 60 minutes will be to you. If you're a fringe guy, you'll probably play the whole game. Every single play is going to matter. You're going to play special teams. You're going to play defense. You're going to do every single thing, and you won't ask for a break. You can't ask for a longer time in between rounds. You have to go out and perform. That's what we'll see on the Ultimate Fighter finale, and that's actually what the last preseason game is like for dudes who who don't know if they'll make it. You know, whenever whenever you're dealing, I got some notes here on some of the stuff that we're going to talk about this weekend, right? Like you... You look at some of these young fighters on the Ultimate Fighter, and Ryan, I know I'm not supposed to be reading it, but one of the things that that really sticks out to me is the story, right? The guy that comes in mm-hmm. at the very end of 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 the draft, right? A guy that isn't expected. Like for mm-hmm. me, I remember Marcus Colston, right? Remember Marcus Colston from the Saints? Yep. Drafted in the yes. seventh round. He wasn't yes. supposed to be what he became, right? Hofstra. But he made the most of his mm-hmm. opportunity. So then when you look at... Brian Battle, you know, Gilbert Urbina, right? He's mm-hmm. stepping in on short notice over Trayshawn Gore. Look, Battle was picked last. Yep. Battle was picked last mm-hmm. on the show. And has he finds himself in this position now to try and win to, to the UFC's roster. But the reality is this. Winning solves everything. And there is not a sport more true to that than mixed martial arts. Whereas on the football field, 100%. you could do everything right. You could do everything right. And there's a guy, right, as a rookie, you can do everything right. You're a safety, right? And Ryan Clark is 10 years Mm -hmm. in the the league. You can do everything right. But what Ryan Clark has put on paper is so much more valuable in in in-game sequences than what you are showing in practices that even if you did everything right, they go and they get Ryan Clark because it's a proven entity when it's on the field. Mm -hmm. In the octagon, all you do is win, and you win impressively. And once you're there, you have that ultimate fighter background. You have being in the house as a pushover, something to uplift you. It only gets bigger and bigger. But for me, my advice for these guys going in this weekend is just win. Go and get the job done. And then you get to watch Shikadze versus Barbosa. I think this is going to be an explosive night of fights. And I cannot wait until Saturday. Like the, the, the big thing I'll add to what you said, D.C., is when you think of the ultimate fighter and you think of the Thug Roses, you think of the Rashard Evans, you think of the Michael Bispings, you could go obviously back to Forrest Griffith. 
You think about all of these people, there's a lineage of champions that come out of the ultimate fighter right. house, right? And it's the, and yeah. it's the same thing with undrafted free agents, right? You know, I, I watched Aeneas Williams who went right here to Southern, who ended up being a Hall of Famer. I was on the team with a guy like James Harrison, who was also an undrafted free agent. You can see dudes like Tom Brady get drafted 199th. And so there is a, there, there's a plan, right? There's a playbook of a way to become a champion from those circumstances. And that was all I would think about every game in the preseason for about my first three years. Because I understood that nothing was promised. My fourth year in the league, I get picked up, my third year in the league, I get picked up the day before camp in Washington. I make the team. I never move my family up. Because I understood that any day mm -hmm. could be my last day there. And so, like you say, in the UFC, it's about winning. It's about winning impressively. But you know, if you keep winning, you could one day have that UFC gold on your shoulder. And that has to be the goal for everyone that gets an opportunity to fight an ultimate fighter, but especially for these two finalists. A lot of those young athletes go into the ultimate fighter with nothing, right? And it's a springboard mm -hmm. into the UFC, but also the first time that these young athletes have so many of the different things at their available to them, right? They don't have the resources to have the skills training that they have when they go to the show. You got right. the PI, you got so many different things mm -hmm. that are allow you to become a better fighter and better mixed martial artist. You just got to get through the journey. Ryan, another great show, man. It's getting it's getting better and Enjoyed better every it, week. Man. Every week I look forward to getting to Wednesday to discuss this. The draft was great. I mean, all your points. Stop trying to start a fight between me and Amanda Nunes because you could never come in here and infiltrate the relationship that I have with the lioness and the bull. So for Clearly Daniel you don't Cormier, have a relationship. Ryan Clark, this is another episode of DC and RC. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.